Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor James coming to you with from Salt and Light Ministry with another episode of Diving into the Heart of God. As this message will begin here very shortly, I pray that you will stay tuned to hear the very words that will be spoken here today, that they are not Pastor James's words, but they are the words that have been given to me by the utterance of the Holy Spirit. I pray that this message will find you in the place where God has sent you at or, or, or just in the place of where God wants to minister to you at. So as we just open in prayer, we'll follow with the message here uh, upon saying amen, ladies and gentlemen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today, Lord, for your many blessings, Lord, that all that you have done for us, all that you've bestowed upon us. We thank you, Lord, for the breath in our body, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the for for clothing us in our right mind, Lord, that you blessed us with good health and strength, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for everyone that has tuned in here today. And Lord, I pray that the very words that will be spoken here today, Lord, that no man would hear my voice, but yet that they will hear the voice of you speaking through me. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears and open our eyes, Lord, that we may see and that we may hear the very heart of the Father, Lord, and that we would have the heart to receive the very words that are spoken into and over our lives, Lord, today. Lord, bless this word and be glorified for it, Lord. And we thank you and we praise you and we give you the glory and the honor and the thanksgiving because it's in Jesus' name that we ask and pray. Amen. But I just kind of like just to take for a few moments and just kind of draw your heart back to worship for, for just a moment. Uh, at least for the next 35, 40, 40 minutes. And, and you know, as, as we continue in this series of perfect love, you know, I sat down this week and, and, and I, uh, well, I say I sat down this week, but I prayed a lot and, and, and I was beginning to go a different direction and, and I was going to go with the title of called uh, The Levels of Love or The Different Levels of Love. But you know, the reality is, is we kind of brought some of that out last week and I was like, Lord, I said, I don't mind being redundant or I don't mind repeating myself. I said, but um, I want what you want. And that's what's important to me. And it's what's important for you and for me as well, because you, you know, th this word has to minister to me first. You know, anybody that's ever had uh, a, a, you know, or not had, or has the calling of ministry upon their life, to call to preach, whether it's worship or whether it's standing behind a pulpit or standing on the street corner, before you can bring forth that word, that word has got to be present in your life in this situation. So, so as as I stay adamant in the word, it, it keeps me in a point of where, okay, you, you've got to be living this. You got to be walking this out. You know, so 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 the reality here is is I'm not asking, or God's not asking you to do anything that I'm not doing or that He hasn't already done. You know, so 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 that's just that you know, uh, you know the, the the sheep don't go anywhere that they hadn't already been with the shepherd or that the shepherd's not leading them. You know, so again, we just we just go back to that term or that word sheep. You know, sheep are dumb animals, and and they've got to have someone there that's overseeing them. So so here we are, here I am, 
and my Heavenly Father is shepherding me as well. But as we spoke about last week, everybody remembers the, the, the types of loves that we talked about. Let's talk about the two types of love that we spoke about last week. Can somebody name one of them? Agape. Now somebody else named the other one. Anybody. It starts with a P. Phileo. Phileo. So we talked about agape and we talked about phileo last week. And as you begin to look through the scriptures, you begin to, to just look through uh, when you begin to see the word love. And when Jesus spoke about love, the type of love that Jesus always spoke about was agape love. That unconditional love, that God kind of love. And it's the same love that God has called each and every one of us to. So, so today, uh, you know, of course, we, you know, we still have our, our series called Perfect Love, but we're going to call this lesson or this devotion or this message today, we're going to call it The Missing Ingredient. And, and we've all cooked before, right? You know, so, so something that is missing also means that something is, is lacking. So let's picture this together. Imagine making your favorite dish, making tortillas, making uh, carne on the grill, or, or just making some type of dish that requires a bunch of ingredients to come together. And so, so if we're going to be honest here today, have we ever missed an ingredient before? And so, and that missing ingredient, well, if it comes to potato salad, if you begin to miss the mayo in there, it changes the flavor. If you miss the mustard in there, it changes the flavor. If, if you miss putting uh, eggs into your cake mix, well, then that changes the flavor. If you miss the milk, it changes the flavor. Even if you miss putting the icing on it, even though that, that's the last part of it, but sometimes, you know, when, when you have a sweet tooth, that cake is, you know, the icing on the cake is like the best part sometimes. And I'm pretty sure Welton, Brother Welton can relate to that last week because he had a bunch of cake left over from his birthday last week to, uh, to enjoy on that. So I hope that he enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie to you. Ours sat in the microwave and it never got ate. So I, I, we just were not a big sweet eater, especially, you know, since, you know, we've been off our fast. Uh, taste buds have changed, but nevertheless, so at least we, we sent most of that home with y'all uh, to enjoy, uh, along with the barbecue and all of that. But when we, when, but, but, but does not, when we, when we miss that ingredient, it changes the flavor. And sometimes it's the very thing that's missing that's the main important ingredient. You know, so in today's lesson, in today's word, in today's sermon, we're going to talk about that missing ingredient um so god's word has placed emphasis about missing ingredients in so many areas and just to name a few um we have the, the lack of hunger and thirst we have a lack of self-control we have a lack of insight of lack of knowledge a lack of discernment you know and these are just to name a few of the things that that we lack so they become what they become a missing ingredient so when you think of the word missing today i want you to relate that to the word of lacking lacking something uh, so this list is just a small margin of, of what lack is but i would like to relate a story to help bring light 
uh, to, to the most important ingredient that is missing in quote unquote Christians lives today. It is the ingredient that brings fullness to perfect love. So it's like, you know, again, we, we, we picture back in our minds that when all of these ingredients were mixed and that they were put together just like they were supposed to, then like last week's potato salad was like on point. It was the bomb.com to me. And I know I'm a little old school with saying that, but on the same token, um, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. So, so we're gonna move on into our text today and we'll move to our next slide here. And, and we'll be reading out of Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 17. And, and we've all heard the story before about the young rich ruler. But I wanna, I wanna highlight on some of these areas that we'll be talking about here today. So someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, since you, you know, you're asking me a question, then let me answer it. He said, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. But I want to bring an attention to, to something here that the young rich ruler said. And for those that may be viewing by, by, by uh, streaming or, or whatever it is, I want to bring an attention to, 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 to this phrase right here. What must I do? You see, there was an acknowledgement here that there was something that he had to do. And Jesus was going to be swift and he was going to be smart about this to give him the answer that he needed about what must I do. You know, so, so here's what Jesus told him. So, so if we could imagine it this way, what ingredients am I missing? And Jesus said, okay, well, the ingredients that you're missing is, you know, you got to have the, you got to keep the commandments. And, and, and this is, this is the very thing that's going to, lead you into having that perfect mix so so if we could you know um well I, i'm gonna skip over some of my notes i'm not going to follow these to the t um but jesus responded he said you know uh, keep the commandments and these are all the ingredients that that is needed uh, that you are desiring to accomplish as we move on to the next part of this scripture here and then the young rich ruler said this. He said, which ones? The man asked, and Jesus replied, you must not murder. Okay, so if we could, somebody help me here and begin to count these on your fingers as we're numbering these. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? So, so the man immediately took into action that he was missing something else. He knew that there was something so much more than what was just mentioned here. And as we continue here, to the next slide and Jesus told him he said if you want to be perfect go and sell all your possessions 
give, to the, give the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. You know, as we continue reading the passage, we can see that Jesus had made mention of the commandments and the young rich ruler stated that he had kept all of them from his youth. But Jesus said, if you want to be what? If you want to be perfect. And it's still wise. If you, you know, because definitely the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom talks about having wisdom and having knowledge. But, but Jesus mentioned here, he said if, that if you want to be perfect, you know, so, so, so we begin to look at, at perfect and mature, you know, uh, telioso, telio, teliosis. How, how, I probably just butchered that Greek word up and down, left and right, but I'm going to roll with that. And, and it says, it's, teliosis is the goal, the purpose, it is finished that which has reached its end, its term, its limit, hence meaning that it is complete, full, wanting, or lacking nothing. Now this is what the, the complete word study dictionary, I kind of added a few words in there myself. But, but Jesus said that if you want to be complete, if you want to have every single ingredient that you're supposed to be having here, he, he, he said, you've got to keep the commandments. So if, if you want to reach your purpose, if you want to reach the finish line, if you want to be full, if you want to not be wanting, if you want to not be lacking anything, he said, you've got to do this. So, so Jesus now told him that he lacked ingredients. But these ingredients would change the flavor of what this young man would consider to be good. How true is this in our life? How, how, true is, how true would that be in our life when Jesus has simply spoken to us? Now let's just stop for a second and let's just begin to think about the things that the Lord has spoken to you personally about what you're missing in your life. You know, has the Holy Spirit said to you, say, hey, I want to spend more time with you. I want to use you to reach people. I, I, I want to use you to, 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 to uplift the pastor in prayer or to uplift our leaders in prayer. I want, to, I want to use you in things. I want to do this in you. But will he ever make us do it? You see, we, we see the same story here is that Jesus was not going to make the young rich ruler take this. He just simply told him what he was missing. So what did he do? So now we go to the part where when the wife makes the potato salad, excuse me, and then she pulls out a spoon and she scoops it to the side and then she does what? She passes it to me or she passes it to my daughter and she's like, those eyes, just that facial expression that says a thousand words to me, but how does this taste? Is it missing anything? And so she's either waiting for, you need a little more of this or she's waiting for the thumbs up as in, Okay, let's put this in the refrigerator and now let's get some chill on this so that it's good. And I know I'm making you hungry sitting here thinking about that. But the reality here is this is exactly, if you begin to put that expression into what Jesus was telling the young rich ruler here, he was telling them the very same thing. So when we reflect back on our life, what has God been speaking to us about what's missing out of us? 
You know, if God has told us that He wants more time with us, then the question is, is what are we doing about it? What are we doing? Or are we doing the same thing? You see, if we're, like I said at the very beginning of service, if we're always bringing Him the same thing, then all we're ever going to get is the same thing. But if we begin to give Him something different, when we begin to give Him a what? A sacrifice of praise. What is a sacrifice of praise? It is something that is, just like I said, it's a sacrifice. It's something that we're placing on the altar to be sacrificed. So that becomes what? So it becomes an aroma for Him. And if God is asking this from us, it's only because what? Because He wants to give us more. You see, we're looking at things from the wrong perspective. When God wants to do more, it's going to require more from us. So what are we doing about it? What is the missing ingredient in your praise? What's the missing ingredient in your walk with God? What is your missing ingredient in the reference of what God has already promised you? You know, see, again, we're going back to this, this faith thing that, that now faith is the substance, the words in which that I have spoken to your spirit. And it's not an evidence in which that you see with your eyes, but that you have believed with your heart. I'm not creating a new definition for faith, but I'm just telling you what's in my spirit this morning, ladies and gentlemen. And I know I'm, see, when I get away from my notes, I begin to get away from me and I get out of my comfort zone and begin to relate in what God is speaking to me in my spirit. So if we begin to get back there, so, so let's look at the ingredients that the young rich ruler observed. He said, you must not murder. So again, we'll count these again on your finger. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, did, how many did we just count? So what was he missing? Eight, nine, and ten. He was missing four of the commandments. He's missing four ingredients. So, so when we begin to look at this, Jesus simply brought out that your relationship with man is okay. Your relationship with men is okay. But, but here's, where, here's, here, here's where it's going to get tricky at. We begin to look at commandments one through four. And, and, and here's exactly how it states. Commandment number one, I am the Lord your God. That's commandment number one. Commandment number two is this. You shall have no other God but me. You must not make yourself an idol of any kind uh, or an image of anything in the heaven or in the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down and worship it. Now, have we not spoken about idols before? An idol is anything that what? An idol is anything that comes before God. Anything that takes that place of worship between God. You know, so if the TV is coming before God, well, then guess what? You've just made it a graven image. If the things that we're listening to on TV or on the radio, if it's coming before God and it's becoming in between your relationship, well, then guess what? It's became an idol. You see, and as we begin to look through the scripture, God had always called the prophets. He had called the kings to tear down the idols that were being worshipped. You know, you, 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 you look at the, the, the children of Israel when they were in Egypt and, and, and after they got delivered, then what happened? They got out in the wilderness and they began to do what? They made a graven image of a calf out of gold. And they began to worship the way that they 
new to worship. You see, they never brought God anything different other than what they were already used to bringing or giving. So God wants to do something so much different, but we got to do differently, ladies and gentlemen. So we, we, we've got to, we got to get back to these missing ingredients here. So number three, uh, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord. Or some people or some versions may say you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Number four, observe, remember to observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy. So if we just begin to look at here, you know, Jesus had just addressed the young man's relationship with God. Okay, so you, you need some more mayonnaise in there. You need some more mustard. Uh, your potatoes are like way too big. They should have been cut up a little bit more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's just so many things that, that needs to be addressed about this. So the question is, is do we start over or do we pick up where we left off at? And that's only something that, that you can hear from the Lord. So if there's something that we're missing in our life, then I would suggest that, that we begin to move in that realm to begin to bring correction to these ingredients that's missing out of our life. You know, see what Jesus addressed here for the young rich ruler was just simply this. Your relationship with men is fine, but your relationship with God is not because it said the young rich ruler he walked away sorrowfully correct he walked away sorrowfully he said if you want to be perfect he said sell all your possessions and give to the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven then come and follow me but when the young man heard this he went away sad for he had many possessions you see these very things stood between him and god he wasn't willing to sacrifice those things. You see, Jesus didn't go back and He didn't list one through four, the Ten Commandments, but what did He list? He list His relationship with God was lacking. You're able to do all these others, but you like your money too much. You like your possessions too much. We need to be seeing a lot more TVs being turned off in our homes today. And we need to, the volumes of the praise and worship needs to be turned up. Our Bibles need to be open. You see, my people are destroyed from what? A lack of knowledge. And the book of Proverbs says that, that knowledge begins with the fear of the Lord. You see, we're not honoring God the way that we should be honoring Him. We're treating Him like He's our neighbor that just lives next door to us and we might see Him in passing. You see, but God doesn't want to just see us in passing. God God wants to spend time with us. But it's going to require that we begin to address these missing ingredients in our life. And these missing ingredients begin to produce this perfect love that God wants for us to have, not only for Him, but for our fellow brethren as well. Uh, the, fact, the, the fact of the matter is that this young, this young man was in a manifestation of a wrong kind of sorrow. You see, because it said that he walked away sad. So in another translation, it said that he walked away sorrowfully. So, so as we move on to the next part, and, and, and Paul spoke about this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 through 11, and I know it's a, a few verses, but let us read it together. He said, For, for Paul said this, I, I just finished reading the book of 2 Corinthians, my wife did too, but, uh, but here's what Paul had to say to the, to the church of Corinth because if, uh, if, 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 excuse me, if we look at this correctly, 
it says second corinthians that means that this was the second letter that he wrote him so he had to continue to address these missing ingredients in in their life so let's see what paul had to say to the church of corinth in reference to this he said i am not sorry that i sent that severe letter to you though i was sorry at first but i know it was painful for you for a little while you see when we get cut or when we have an abrasion or a puncture well the fact is is that it does hurt for a little while but it's only for a little while it doesn't hurt forever you see but let's continue on with this he said now i am glad i sent it not because it hurt you but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways it was the kind of sorrow god wants his people to have so you were not harmed by us in any way for the kind of sorrow god wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation there's no regrets for that kind of sorrow but but let's pay attention to the next part but worldly sorrow which lacks repentance results in spiritual death let's stop there for just a second now he addressed repentance here a godly kind of sorrow well a godly kind of sorrow is a is a it, let's just put it this let, let's put it in these terms that some people could understand a husband cheats on his wife or even vice versa i don't want to just label it as a man but but regardless of of, of who, whom it may be, let's say there was cheating involved. But let's, then let's just say the husband apologized, but then he goes out and does it again. And then he does it again, and then he does it again. Was, was he really sorry about what he did? You see, it wasn't the godly kind of sorry, because the godly sorry produces what? It reduces repentance. And repentance is this, that this is my definition that, that I've came up with after looking and studying and reading and putting this and that together, that repentance is this. Repentance is a change of heart, right here. Repentance is a change of heart that's manifested by the way that we live. That's what repentance is. Saying I'm sorry is no longer doing what it costs me to make somebody sorrowful. So that's the kind of sorry that God is looking for. So, so as, we, as we continue on here, it says, but worldly sorrow which lacks repentance results in spiritual death. So we begin to see this in this young rich ruler's life because he walked away sorrowfully because he had great possessions. You see, there was no repentance there. He just went right back to where he had left off at. But the thing is, is he really wanted to know. But see, the truth of the fact of the matter is, is that he really didn't want to change because he didn't like what he heard or what he heard. Should I say that right? And then we continue here and it said, just see what this godly sorrow produces in you. Such earnestness, such concern to clear yourself, such indignation, such alarm, such longing to see me, such zeal and such a readiness to punish wrong. You show that you have done everything necessary to make these things right. You see, repentance pushes us back towards God. A simple way of saying even what repentance is, is to do an about face, is to be walking this way and then to turn around and then to go the opposite direction. You see, that's what repentance is. Repentance isn't, man, that sure was nice back there. But see, the further you get away from it, the more that it doesn't look appealing to you. 
And we got to begin to address these missing ingredients in our life here. As we continue on here, which of these two types of sorrows do you relate with? The world's kind of sorrow lacks a missing ingredient. And because of its missing ingredient, it leads to spiritual death. So in, in, in closing of today's message, I, I want to mention one more passage of Scripture that can be found in 1 John chapter 4, <coughs> verses 7 through 8 and verses 16 through 18. And here's what John said. Now, everybody knows who John is, right? He was known as the what? He was known as the beloved disciple, the one that Jesus loved. And I think Peter sure made that, made that known in the book of John himself. <laughs> Matter of fact, John was, even when, when Peter had denied Christ three times and he, he went away sorrowfully, but who was there? Who was there at the cross? Who was there during the crucifixion? It was John. And Jesus looked at John and he said, Son, this is your mother. Mother, this is your son. He was speaking about the love that he had for you, know, that John loved him. He loved John. You see, Jesus didn't have to ask John that same love question that we talked about last week. But God has so much in store for Peter as well. So it's just like with us. God's got so much in store for us. And we can't be a Peter and we can't be a Paul. We're going to be one or the other. So we're either going to be an Anna or we're going to be a, a Pastor James or we're going to be a Kaylee or we're going to be a Becky. We're, we're going to be what God has called us to be. And we can't be any anybody other than what God has already called us to be. I, I remember uh, as a young, a lot younger minister, I'm still young now, but see, you don't see no gray in my beard because the lights have taken that out. But anyways, um, I, I just remember that I used to try to mimic so many other different ministers. I wanted to be the ah guy, but I just couldn't be that guy because, you know, I, I, I thought that I, I understood that as being an anointing. Okay, well, it is an anointing, but it was their anointing and not my anointing myself. So the way that I minister is the way that the God speaks through me, whether it may be funny, whether it may be serious. Sometimes I get loud and sometimes I'm not as loud, but it, it, you know, it really doesn't make no difference. The thing is, is are you hearing the Holy Spirit's voice within inside of my words? So as we continue here, as we, we've done spoke about that. Now, first John chapter four, verses seven through eight. Here, here's what John had to say. John said, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I think that that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, I think that's very cut and dry and to the point that, that if we love God, then it becomes very obvious. You know, when you begin, when I click on, and, and, when I begin to click on these words, love, these words don't say phileo when they're interpreted, they're agape. These are the God kind of love that we spoke about last week that is that perfect love. Let's go on to the next slide, baby. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. God is love. Now let's just stop there for just a second before you continue to read. He didn't say that God has love. He said that God is what? God 
is love. He is the unconditional. You know, again, I wanted to bring this out in, in, in some part of this series, but the Lord just didn't lead it to that, lead it to that. But but Paul spoke about what love is as well. You know, love keeps no record or long wrong. Love is not puffed up. You know, love is not angry. You know, so again, we begin to to, to, to think about those things and, and you can go and do that in your own time. But it said God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfectly. Stop. It says what? And as we live in God, our love grows. That means it's a what? It's a process. It's a process in our life. And, and, and you can't expect to get everything right. You can't expect to do it all right from the very beginning. But the question comes to this, is how many times do you have to fall before you realize what's tripping you? You know, there used to be uh, an old, uh, I guess it was just super corny, uh, I guess back in my younger days, cordless phones first came out. We remember, you remember phones used to be attached to the wall and then you'd put like a 25 foot cord on it. And so you could go into the other room and talk to somebody and nobody was there. Uh, that was kind of like that. That became the phone thing. And then and then when cordless phones came out. Oh, so now I can walk outside with the phone. Now I can walk to the other end of the house. You know, so we kind of had a joke and, you know, uh, no pun intended or nothing against anybody, but this is just how we said it back in the day. You so dumb, you trip over a cordless phone. Because there's no cord to trip over, but you so dumb, you still do it. You know, and, and so, so we get back to, to love and growing in God's love is a process. So the question is that if we get right back to what Jesus had spoke to the young rich ruler is, he said, what must I do? So in this process of growing, what ingredients am I missing that produces this growth in my life? We're all there. You know, if we still got oxygen in our lungs and we're still breathing air and still drinking water and eating food, we haven't arrived yet. You know, so, so, so there's still a process that we need to be moving into that. So he talked about that your love grows more perfectly, so it continues on with this. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here on this world, in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is not the fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. See, God wants us to experience that perfect love. But it is a process. And we got to go all the way back to the young rich ruler in the book of Matthew that we spoke about. Is that he was missing something. What's missing in your life? What's missing in your life? What is that missing ingredient? We, we move on. I got two, two more passages that I want to bring out here. And in the book of Hebrews now, Brother Welton was just reading the book of Hebrews while he was waiting for service to start. And my, and my loving wife, she says she started the book of Hebrews uh, again. Uh, such a great book to read. But I, wanna, I want you to read this right here. 
Now here, here's, what, here's what the writer of Hebrews had to say. He said, you love justice and you hate evil. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. But let's just stop. He said, you love what? And you hate what? You hate evil. So let's, let's begin to replace these two words with right and wrong. Righteousness and sin. He said, you love what is right. And again, you begin to look at this word again. And, and this word is not a phileo. It's not an eros. It is agapeo or agape. When you begin to love like God loves, and when you begin to hate what God hates, then you can begin to see the oil. Well, what did the oil represent? It represents the anointing upon your life. You know, you just begin to imagine how King Saul was anointed and how King David was anointed. What did they do? They poured the oil on them. That, that represented that the anointing covered their life, starting here from the top all the way to the bottom. You know, and as God anoints us, it, it can only be when we love what's right and hate what's wrong. You see, I have a saying, <coughs> excuse me, I have a saying that I've said probably a hundred thousand times, it seems like, but it's just something that God ministers to me. When we view sin the way that God views sin, then we will respond to sin the same way that God responds to sin. But you can't respond to it in the way that He responds if you're not viewing it the way that He's viewing it. And how can we view it that way if we're not on our face? How can we view it that way if we're not in His Word? We can't. One more verse. We'll close off here. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says, And all who fear the Lord will hate evil. All that fear the Lord will hate evil. Go to the last slide, my life. All that fear the Lord shall hate evil. So the questions asked here today is what is that missing ingredient for you? What's that thing that the Lord's been speaking to you about that's missing? Maybe He's telling you there's an ingredient that doesn't belong in there. You see, God wants us to have that perfect love. He wants us to have that agape love. And as I begin to feel the Spirit of God begin to move and already begin to, to deal with hearts, whether it may be sitting here in the audience or maybe it's someone that may be viewing. You see, God will never do anything that you want to allow Him to do. You see, as, as the music just continues, as, as, as we get ready to close here today, you know, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, it says this, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. 
He said, this is the first and the greatest commandment. A second is equally important. You see here, he, he didn't say that one was more important than the other. But here's what he said, that the second one was just as important. Here's what he says. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. In verse 40, he says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based off of these two commands. So let's stop for a second and just listen. Just listen to this. He said that this was the first and this was the second that was equal. Did we not talk about commandments 6 through 10, 5, five through 10 today? And, and it talked about our relationship with God. That was the second one. That was the love your neighbor as yourself. That was the commandments that deals with our walk and our relationship with man. But he also addressed this. That to love the Lord God with all your mind, your heart, your spirit. This is the first and the greatest commandment. You see, commandments one through four deals with what Jesus just spoke right here in Matthew 22. And he just simply replied that, that the laws of the prophets have hinged off of these two commandments. And he said that they were equally important. You see, we might do fine with people. We, we, we may be doing fine with honoring our father and our mother. And it's just as important. You see, Jesus didn't say that that part wasn't important for him, but here's what he told him what he lacked if he wanted to be perfect, if he wanted to be lacking nothing. So again, we just, we ask that question again today. What is your missing ingredient? What is that thing that you're missing to be perfect before God? Not perfect before man, but perfect before God. You see, that's only a question that, that you can answer today. That's only something that you know. And I believe the words that you're hearing right now is something that, that the Holy Spirit's already begun to minister to you. No matter where you are, no matter if you're sitting here, or no matter if you're viewing us via YouTube or listening to us on our podcast. That's only something you can answer. So I just want to give you that opportunity as, as we've just, we, we just always allow room for the Holy Spirit to do everything that He wants to do. None of this is about me. None of this is about you. None of this is about a church. Every bit of this is about our walk with God. Because the very, the very command that, God, that Jesus gave us before He ascended to the Father, He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all men. A disciple isn't someone that just calls himself a disciple. A disciple is someone that, that follows. And if you're following something, that means you have to leave something behind. What is God ministering to you today? This word today is not by accident, but this word today is by divine appointment. I believe as you just sit here and you may just you may still be hearing my voice, 
but as God is dealing with you, we go back to our very first message at the very beginning of the year, and it was called moving from a commitment to being submitted. Give him what's already his to start with. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, today. Lord, that you've brought us, Lord, here together again today. You've brought us, Lord, here safely. And Lord, that you have been in our midst, Lord, you said because we're two or more are gathered in your name, you said that you would be in the midst. Lord, and I know at least two or three of us have called upon your name today as we have pressed in, Lord, into your presence, as we have come, Lord, with your word to be rightly divided, Lord, today, to, to be that Hebrews 4 and 12, that it is the, the word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Lord, as your word has divided us today, and brought us the very thing that, that, that Paul spoke about in 2 Corinthians. He said that though this letter has cost you pain for a little while. See, it might hurt, but it will never harm you. Medicine might not taste good, but it helps you feel better. So Lord, we thank you, Lord, for that word today. Lord, the word that you're speaking to us. Lord, about the ingredients, Lord, that are missing in our life or the, even the ingredients, Lord, that shouldn't be there. Help us, Lord, as we seek you. Lord, as we come to the table, Lord, hungry and thirsting after your righteousness, Father. Lord, minister to us. Lord, and we just yield to you. We submit, Lord, surrendering, allowing you to have your perfect will in our life. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We praise you, we glorify you, we honor your name, Father. Thank you, Lord. You can stop recording now, baby. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for each and one of you that... Thank you for everyone who has joined in with us here today for our service here at Salt and Light Ministry. I pray that this message has ministered to you the way that the Lord has so desired for it to. And if the Lord is leading you to share this message with someone else, then please pass this, this uh, just copy the link or just share this with someone through an email or just share it through a, a, a via text message or, or, or however uh, that you may want to do it. Maybe you just want it to be a, a, a just go to a friend's house and just sit down and put this on play. But nevertheless, I encourage you to share the very word that God has placed here before you today. If you are in our area in the Wilmington or the Rocky Point area, we would love to have you for a service sometime. We begin our service at 10 a.m. 
So we encourage those that decide to come to come and to be with us at 945 every Sunday. We will leave our email in the description below. And if you have any questions or concerns or that you would like to reach out to us, or if you just even need prayer, please contact us. And we'll do everything within our spirit to seek God on your behalf. So again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here today. We do look forward to seeing you soon by faith. And until we meet again, God bless you. We love you. And goodbye.